news flash for Wednesday, 19 April 2018. It's 8 p.m. Singapore time. An elite global surfing championship in West Australia was cancelled today after two shark attacks near the event. Organizers said. The world's top male and female surfers had been taking part in the 12-day Margaret River Pro, which is part of the World Surf League Championship Tour off Australia's southwest coast since April 11. The contest was briefly suspended on Monday morning after a local surfer suffered leg injuries in a shark attack off nearby Gracetown, some 260 kilometers south of the Western Australia state capital Perth. A second surfer, reportedly from Denmark, suffered a gash to his leg in a second shark encounter, also near Gracetown. Today, the WSL has made the difficult decision to cancel the remainder of the Margaret River Pro as a result of exceptional circumstances surrounding the season's event regarding sharks and the safety of our surfers. The WSL puts the highest premium on safety. This cannot be just talk. And it cannot be compromised, WSL Chief Sophie Goldsmith said in a statement. The WSL said while sharks were an occasional reality of competitions, the current circumstances were very unusual and troubling. The tour's co-leader, Brazilian Italo Ferreira, took to Instagram on Tuesday to express his fears about being in the water, writing in Portuguese that he did not feel comfortable training and competing near the attack sites. Fellow countryman Gabriel Medina, the 2014 WSL world champion, wrote on Instagram that he too did not feel safe competing in the area. Authorities had also issued an alert over a whale carcass off an area beach, concerned the decomposing creature could attract sharks. The carcass was removed from the area on Tuesday. The cancellation came three years after Australian surfing great Mick Fanning, who retired from the sport earlier this month, made global headlines when he fought off a shark on live TV while competing in the WSL's J Bay Open in Jeffreys Bay, South Africa. Mr. Fanning was not injured, and that competition was cancelled after the encounter. Experts say shark attacks are increasing as water sports become more popular and bait fish move closer to shore, but fatalities remain rare. Starting from May 1, China will adopt a new 30-day visa-free policy in Hainan Province for people from 59 countries. This is an attempt to boost the province's tourism industry. The province has been implementing a 15-day or 21-day visa waiver policy for group visitors from 26 countries since 2010. Under the new policy, individuals from 59 countries can visit the province for 30 days visa-free. So long as they book their tours through travel agencies, currently regular passport bearers from 21 countries such as Singapore, Japan, Malaysia, Thailand, and South Korea can stay in Hainan for 15 days with waiver of visa if they arrive in tourist groups of five or more. Netizens are mocking an Indian minister who claims that the internet and satellite were invented hundreds of thousands of years ago by ancient Indians. Mr. Biplab Deb, who is the chief minister of the northeastern state of Tripura, had made the comments at a public function yesterday. Internet and satellite communication had existed in the days of Mahabharata. How could Sanjaya, the charioteer of King Dhritarashtra, give a detailed account and description to the blind king about the battle of Kurukshetra? 
It means internet was there, the satellite and that technology was there in this country at that time, he said, according to the Times of India. Mr. Deb, who is from the Bharatiya Janata Party or BJP, said that European nations and the U.S. may claim that the internet is their invention, but it is actually India's technology. He said since the era of the Mahabharata, India was top in technology, but somehow in the middle it got lost. But again today, India has regained its position in technology in the world, and it can be proved from the fact that a large number of software engineers play a vital role in the U.S. companies. He added, but his claim has not found many takers. According to the BBC, Tripura CM Biplab Deb is trending on Twitter with many Indians mocking him. Kishiti Naga tweeted. Well, I hope they at least had better bandwidth than what present-day ISPs offer. Others pointed out that this was a dangerous trend with the current government. Commented Twitter user Rupa Subramanya, the anti-intellectualism and regressive streak from sections of the BJP continues to astound and worry. Rather than solve today's problems, they're busy romanticizing a fictional past that never existed. Pathetic and embarrassing. According to the BBC, Mr. Deb is not the first Indian minister to have claimed that many modern-day science technologies were invented in ancient India. In 2014, Prime Minister Narendra Modi told a gathering of doctors and medical staff at a Mumbai hospital that cosmetic surgery existed in ancient India. Last September, Junior Education Minister Satyapal Singh raised a few eyebrows when he claimed that the airplane was invented by Indian scholar. Shivka Bapuji Taupad, and not the Wright brothers. NDTV reported earlier last year, Gujarat Chief Minister Vijay Rupani had equated a rocket developed by the Indian Space Research Organisation with the arrows of Lord Ram, and credited him for his engineering skills for building the medical Ram Setu between India and Sri Lanka. Some major customers of Boeing's popular 737 jets, including Korean Airlines, said today that they were inspecting engines of the type that blew apart mid-air on a fatal Southwest Airlines call flight on Tuesday. European regulators this month began requiring an inspection by early next year, and a person familiar with the matter said U.S. regulators were near a similar rule, which affects a number of 737s in operation globally. Southwest Flight 1380 made an emergency landing in Philadelphia on Tuesday after an engine ripped apart mid-air, shattering a window on the 737 and nearly sucking a passenger through. One of 144 passengers died. The actions by regulators show that there has been some concern, albeit non-urgent, about the engine, a workhorse of the global civil aviation fleet that has logged more than 350 million hours of safe travel. But was also being examined after a 2016 accident. The CFM 56-7B engine type involved in the Southwest incident was produced by a joint venture of U.S. firm General Electric and France's Safran SA called CFM International. It is one of the most common engines paired with the world's most sold plane, the Boeing 737. Southwest said it is speeding up inspections of all related engines out of extra caution, which it expects to complete within 30 days. An early review of the failed Southwest engine found apparent metal fatigue where a fan blade had broken off, 
Robert Sunwalt, chairman of the U.S. National Transportation Safety Board, or NTSB, told reporters on Tuesday. Sunwalt said, We are very concerned about the metal fatigue. There needs to be proper inspection mechanisms in place to check for this before there's a catastrophic event. Korean Air said today it had not yet been prompted by its regulators for a check, but it planned to inspect engines used on its entire 737 fleet by November following the Southwest incident. About 20 to 30 percent of its 35 Boeing 737 jets used the same type of fan blade as the one on the Southwest jet, a Korean Air official said. A Japan Airlines spokesman said two 737 jets in its fleet had engines with affected fan blades and inspections were due to be completed by the end of today. In August 2016, a Southwest flight made a safe emergency landing in Pensacola, Florida, after a fan blade separated from the same type of engine and debris ripped a foot-long hole above the left wing. Investigators found signs of metal fatigue. The 2016 incident prompted the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration, or FAA, to, promote, to propose ultrasonic inspections of similar fan blades and the replacement should they fail the test. Some boards said the NTSB will review whether the engines involved in Tuesday's incident might have been subject to the directive, which is not yet finalized. The FAA proposal estimated that checks would require two hours of labor per inspection. Not all airlines operating 737s are affected. Australia's Qantas Airways, a large 737 operator, said its engines were of a slightly different model than those targeted for inspection. Spokespeople for several other major airlines operating 737s could not be reached immediately for comment. U.S. trade group Airlines for America said yesterday that it had been told by the U.S. State Department that a deal had been reached with Russia to allow U.S. airlines to fly in Russian airspace. Airlines for America said in a statement, We have received confirmation from the State Department that overflight approvals have been extended through the schedule season and carriers are continuing to conduct normal operations through Russian airspace. Earlier, U.S. airlines had begun diverting flights away from Russian airspace just hours before a deadline to renegotiate access agreements was to expire, the State Department said yesterday. Every day, dozens of American flights across Russian skies on their shortest and most lucrative routes to South Asia, but their permission to do so was due to run out at 7.59 p.m. State Department spokeswoman Heather Nowitz said the USS said the U.S. ambassador to Moscow, Mr. John Huntsman, was in a last-minute discussion with Russian officials to facilitate a breakthrough in talks with airlines. Russian civil aviation officials had been due to attend discussions hosted by the State Department in Washington, but cancelled. The airline sent representatives to the talks. Ms. Nowood said the Russians had not indicated why they had backed out of the meetings. But... The decision came after Saturday's U.S.-led airstrikes on Syria angered Moscow, which has previously attempted to use air routes as diplomatic bargaining chips. Ms. Nowitz told reporters, Some commercial carriers are now making the decision to reroute their flights because they're concerned about that expiration. We don't want that kind of commercial aviation disruption. Despite the imminent deadline, however, the U.S. spokeswoman helped open the possibility of a last-minute arrangement. We've ramped up our engagement, she said, 
explaining that what had been contacts between airlines and Russian officials facilitated by a junior U.S. official now included the ambassador. The spokeswoman continued, Russia has not yet indicated whether it will extend the approvals, but the Russian government did say to our embassy, when we spoke with them, don't panic, we're not going to do anything to harm the U.S. aviation sector. This is your news for today. Thank you for listening. Shandol reporting from Singapore. Thank you.